Welcome to Bigger the Bigger the Bigger the Damn Cast. Cha-ching. You dig? This is the 90s. Do you? Can you dig it? Kanye digs it. Can, does he, he called me up. Does he, he said, He said, this is the greatest podcast of all time. <laughs> oh, a 2009 reference. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll be relevant in the present. <laughs> but until then, I'm Big Damn Chris. I'm Big Damn Nathaniel. And you have gaping ear holes... Embracing our sound wave probes with your soft sides. I don't think I like where that went. I also don't think I like where that went. That was weird. Let's get past it with something depressing. Uh, Um, So, here's what happened, guys. Yeah. After we spoke last week. Yep. He says, trying to keep track of, because you've recorded three episodes this week. Yep. Um, after we spoke last week. Yep. Um, it was revealed. We spoke last week that Matt Reeves was, would, had, had walked away from talks to direct The Batman. Only now, I guess, he's directing The Batman. That's right. It's, it's time for... It's... Ladies and gentlemen, it's the weekly What the Fuck is Happening with Batfleck update. I don't know why there's a... I don't know why there's like a radar, like a Morse code machine kind of like a telegraph. This just in. Matt Reeves is directing The Batman. Uh, also, DC Comics, DC Warner Brothers pushing forward with Nightwing movie. Pushing forward, probing forward. Put, probing know. forward. Yeah. Pushing forward with their sausage fingers. Oh, are they actually sausages? Um, not yet. Oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. So... <laughs> Last week we said Matt Reeves is allegedly no longer directing the Batman. Allegedly. And then the morning that our episode went out, it was confirmed he's definitely directing the Batman. He's definitely directing the Batman. So by that logic, we are recording this on Wednesday the 1st. It's going to be out on Friday the 3rd. By that logic, uh, Matt Reeves has, uh, by this point, evolved into his gr- bigger form, Mecha Reeves. Mecha Reeves. And will be directing the Batman with an iron fist. Uh, whilst also dominating half of the Western world with his mighty flames. Very funny. I'm going to miss that. Yes, you it's are. It's going to be really horrible. We're going to have to talk about it when you get back. Ooh, you and big old bag of mints. Uh, but yeah, so Matt Reeves is directing Batman. The Batman. Yes. Yay, we guess. We'll yeah, see I guess. Uh, I like how long this relationship lasts based on their previous director track record with the other movies. 500 um, days of Reeves. Yeah. Ah. But also, Warner Brothers are clearly preparing for Ben Affleck to step down because they're looking to offer up another Bat family member by Nightwing getting his own film. And they've Maybe. already got a director lined up. Oh, God. So, they, so Warner Brothers haven't confirmed they're working on Nightwing. Yes, they have. They have confirmed they're working on they're Nightwing. They're working on Nightwing and Chris McKay's directing. Okay. Right. Oh, God. <laughs> I, just, I just have to check that they've definitely confirmed because every time the news comes out... A few days later, they confirm it or no, deny like, it after Chris- the news has already got out. So Chris McKay, that's that's one half of the team that were behind the Lego movie. Warner Brothers are pushing ahead with a live-action Nightwing movie and McKay is directing. And it will exist as part of the DC extended universe. Oh. But there's no current release window. Ah, right. Okay. So that joins Suicide Squad 2 and Gotham City, Gotham City Sirens, Sirens. And the Batman now. And the Batman. And Aquaman. Aquaman and Shazam. The Flash. 
and Black Adam and yeah. Shazam and yeah. Cyborg. Yeah, yeah. maybe. Because <laughs> he was removed from the slate at one point. Oh, oh for God's sake. Awesome. Awesome. Oh. Awesome. And what's... Re- what, well, it... In an alternate reality, in a different time, it is awesome. Night I like Wing, getting a movie. Dick Grayson, the best Batman, the oh, arguably, oh, arguably getting oh. a mo- the most entertaining Batman as a Batman character. Mm. Um, the why the hell does Bruce have the cape this long, Batman? Um, the smiling Batman. Oh, I like the smiling, the, the Batman who smiled. Yes, by Jing. Like Dick Grayson getting his own film, Robin getting his own movie. Yes, that is a great thing. But not as part of the DCEU. He's a positive. He's a really positive character. Like that's who he is. Well, McKay's been talking about it already. They, they've already screwed saying... up the Boy Scout by making him grim and gritty. Like, are they really going to do it to Nightwing too? McKay's been talking about it, and he's because, well, because he doesn't come from a place of privilege. He comes from the circus. He doesn't have to be so dour and gritty. And it's like, well, I'm glad you have that vision for, for Nightwing. How long yeah, before Chris, Chris, because... how long before Chris McKay gets kicked off yes. of Nightwing and another director brought in to make it grim and gritty? Creative differences. Um... Oh god, I, I think it's a, I think it's a failsafe. I think they're worried that Ben Affleck's going to jump ship because he only has one more contracted appearance as yeah. as Batman in the DCEU at the moment, which would have been Justice League Part Two or the Batman. There's now no longer Justice League Part Two. The Batman is in some kind of state of terrifying limbo. Like it's happening, but how? No one knows. I think this is how they're going to get around it. I think do a Nightwing movie, Ben Affleck will appear in it as Batman, mm. so he's not the main focus and he doesn't have to shoot much. So in terms of work, he only has to do a certain amount of work. Um, and that way they'll set it in Gotham, they won't put it in Bloodhaven, and it'll be like Batman, it'll be Batman villains and stuff like that. So that'll be their way around losing a Batman movie. There'll be a movie with some Batman and it'll basically be a Batman movie without Batman in the main role. I think it's a panic play on Warner Brothers in terms of them commissioning it. But at the same time, Chris McKay, promising choice. Yeah. yeah. I just wish it wasn't part of the DCEU where he's clearly going to get any hope and, and niceness stamped out of him earlier. Oh, on. Chris McKay is already talking about how he wants to maintain the exuberance of, of Dick. And he thinks that <clears throat> one Sorry, of the Sorry, could you just repeat that phrase? He wants to maintain the exuberance of Dick. And um, that, is, that is the greatest he, thing we've ever had said out loud in this podcast. <laughs> Maintain the exuberance of Dick, and how it, he finds it. He find, one of the interesting things about Dick Grayson as a character mm. is how he's kind of had all the same things happen to him as Batman, but he's maintained his positivity and he's not given in to the darkness that has consumed Bruce. Consumed, consumed Bruce Wayne. Um, so this could be good news but I'm not hopeful how about you what has what has evidence shown us so far yeah scientifically speaking there is zero evidence that this will be good that this will be good I but watching, I hope it will be because I like him I was watching a YouTube guy the other day who was talking about he released two videos I think I've mentioned this before briefly but like he released one where he said he wants Wonder Woman. He's looking forward to Wonder Woman still, despite the track record, because it's Wonder Woman's first movie. Oh, I hope Wonder Woman's really and He wants good. it to be good, yeah, but then I he really released a video. Good. He released a video not long after saying, "Thinking about it, he's changed his mind. He wants Wonder Woman to fail because that will be the thing that derails this entire project. 
Like it has to. Justice League will have to just be the one they wheel out because they've finished it. But as long as it makes enough money, it's not going to matter. It doesn't matter if it's bad. Yeah, that's true. It's not going to matter if these movies are bad. It's only going to matter if people don't see them. Well, if Wonder Woman's terrible, that would definitely start the decline, I think. Yeah. I think people would go, right, you've had four films now. We're not going to bother with this. Because, I mean, at least at least Transformers 1 is an entertaining going, film. People keep watching these fucking Transformers movies. <laughs> and they're not like... I didn't even make it. I've not. I've tried to watch three, and I've tried to watch four, and I've not made it all the way through either of them, because they keep getting longer, and they keep making less sense, and yet they be they're more and more successful with each iteration. Are you talking about Transformers? Or are you talking about the DCEU? Well, exactly. Oh God. Take us out of the dark, Matt. May I remind you that Suicide Squad is an Oscar-winning movie? <clears throat> oh God. Which is annoying because in the same category with Star Trek Beyond, and a lot of people afterwards are going, Beyond should have won that. Yeah, Beyond should have won that. To, if you were giving it to an effects and prosthetics heavy movie, Beyond did a much better job than Suicide Squad. Did. Yeah. That's not to discredit the work done on Suicide Squad. But I don't know. I will not be surprised well, if Warner Brothers... Pretty fucking terrible. Well, I would not be surprised if Warner Brothers suddenly send out a shit ton of cardboard um, uh, outer sleeves for the DVDs and Blu-rays in stores now to add over the top of them with... Oscar, like the Oscar on the front. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them doing that. No. I no. would not put it past them. They'll definitely no. be adding it to all the captions of the digital releases. We don't have no. for sure. Um, no. Let's move on to more positive things because for the rest of this episode, we're talking no. about, we're talking about good shit, mother. Um, we're talking about, um, the latest round of trailer drops, which are delicious and Logan. Logan. Logan, you sons of bitches. Logan. You still have time, Logan. Someone has come along, which had nothing to do with what you thought it did. Nah, no, and there's, in the movie, watching those trailer moments pop up in the movie was really satisfying because they came um, up mostly in places where it, you wouldn't have imagined. Yeah. It's like, oh, they're referring to something much less deep and profound than the trailer would have you believe. Although, yeah, the am. stuff that's in the trailer that's deep and profound is still there. Okay. But we'll get to that. Let's let's talk tra- let's talk trailers. Let's talk teasers. Let's talk titty teasing. Let's talk. He says, tweaking his nipple to illustrate the point. Let's and talk. remembering that we're in an audio podcast and so no one can see it. Yeah, you had to tell everyone that you were though. Do you want to smell my fingers? No. I rub them with soap. Uh, Kong Skull Island. Damn, son. That looks interesting. I'm liking the look of Kong Skull Island. Um, it's a it's a very slickly <clears throat> edited trailer. It's yeah. Again, the YouTube comments underneath the Warner Brothers uh, post of the trailer is just people going. Damn, this is a well-made trailer. Yeah, it's a very well-made trailer. In fact, it's, pro- it's probably Trailer House. It's probably the Suicide Squad people. It's got a lot of elements in common with the way it uses music and diegetic sounds to mm. punctuate it. That's um, a lovely word, isn't yeah. it? Diegetic. It's... It's a diegetic. Yeah. You want to have a little look at it with your eyes? You can't. You have to listen to the sounds as they come in front of your fire. Um, that was disgusting. Was a bit. This is the third Kong Skull Island trailer. The first one was the big ominous, like, like this isn't our world, like, the, yeah, which we saw in front of Logan yesterday, despite it there being three tra- two trailers since then. Every trailer for a major release I've seen in the last couple of months has been the first iterations of the trailers from last year, not the most recent one or even the second. It's really odd. Very strange. Um, it's really strange how they do that. Uh, that YouTube is a more up-to-date place than the theatres now. That's a really weird thought. Um, 
it, it's it's giving you less reason to come to the cinema. Like they say, we're going to attach this trailer to this movie, and then they attach it to YouTube four days before, and you're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, so, <laughs> oh god. Uh, so yeah. The first one was ominous. The second one was still kind of ominous, but showed some a sense of humour, like there John, was some C. John C. Riley having yeah. some weird little moments and skull crawlers. The skull crawlers. You get to see those things. This third trailer is trying to make you laugh. Yeah. This third trailer is no longer about the mystery of Kong and the mystery of Skull Island. This third trailer is, yeah, the mystery behind this island, or at least on the surface level, is it's full of a shit ton of monsters. They're fucking huge. And this movie's going to feature several battles. That giant it's going to be spider crab thing is so creepy. It's going to be people versus giant insects and buffalo things. The buffalo looks creepy as sin. Mm. Um, and Kong fighting big two-legged lizard things. Uh, a giant squid punching the living crap out of some helicopters in midair. Like, this is the film you're going to get, people. It's it like, work. okay. All right. Um, I. Hey. All right, fam. I'm down with this. I'm really down. And it's only it's only um, today I realised this Kong, King Kong, must be out of copyright now, or at least there's a loophole because King Kong is owned by Universal. Yes, this isn't King Kong. This is Kong. Kong, like the animated series from the 2000s, Kong. Yes, um, which was also a monster of the week. Animated series about different giant monsters. Yes. Um, and was kind of the spiritual successor to the Godzilla animated series. Yeah. Based on the American Godzilla movie. The first one. Yeah. That's a lot of fish. Um, that is a lot. That's a lot of fish. That is a lion. It's the Topolis! Elvis Presley movies. <laughs> Who's the king? Oh, God. It's... It's... No croissant. Oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> Thinking about that movie makes my skin crawl. My skin is actually crawling off my body and into the living room. Oh, we're so doing a commentary uh, for that one day. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, Great soundtrack, mind. Great freaking soundtrack. Is it, though? Yes. Is Jim it, Miracle Yes. Jamie Rockway. Jimmy Rockway. <laughs> Jamier Rockway. Yes. For a drill Um Kong Skull Island looks like a slugfest. Uh, Brie Larson's role looks much bigger than the first two trailers were suggesting. It looks like she's getting some of the, you know, the, the Fay Ray-esque moments yeah. with, with yeah. Kong, um, which is nice. Uh, Tom Hiddleston, need to see more of him in action, but he's making a convincing kind of slightly beefy badass. Which I didn't think, because he's, yeah, he's, he's kind of a uh, lied, scrawny dude with, he's, you know, toned guy. But, you know, in this, I'm like, I could... Like, it, it, I think the doubts people were having were the same they had with Adrian Brody in Predators. They were like, Brody is not a convincing Schwarzenegger, like, successor. Yeah. But then you watch the movie and you go, no, I kind of buy him as this sort of, sort of, you know, rough mercenary. I get, you know, he's, he's still kind of funny when you think he's Adrian Brody. But at the same time, he's pulling it off. It looks like Hiddleston's pulling it off in the same kind of way. Yeah, I reckon so. Um, John Goodman, never a bad thing. Samuel L. Jackson, he's never a bad thing. Doesn't always indicate if the movie's going to be good, but Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah. Um, John C. Riley, the talent is there. The monsters are there. I'm going to go see it. Not on opening day, unfortunately, next week. I'm going to have to come back and see it after <laughs> I get back from my travels. But yeah, Kong's out March 10th here in the UK. Yeah, I'm So, a week, two days. Go see um, so, I just looked up the rights. Yeah. Basically, Universal don't fully hold the rights. 
Okay. Um, because going back to 1982, when they tried to sue Nintendo over Donkey Kong. Oh shit, son! Um, the court was like, <clears throat> "Well, you don't, you don't actually own the, the proper rights to King Kong." Just because you've made but two like, movies called King Kong. But it's it, it's like, well, Cooper, what's his name? Cooper who created the character. Or was it Owen? Richard Cooper, who uh, owns worldwide book and publishing periodical publishing rights, did sell a bunch of rights to you, but it doesn't include the rights to King Kong, although RKO has the rights to the original film and the sequel. The 1976 company is held in copyright by the Dino De Laurentiis company. Okay. And then it's... They only... The it's Universal, basically Universal own, like, the distribution or whatever for the original movie or something. Or they own, like, um, the merchandise rights or Universal something, something like owns only the rights in the King Kong name and character... The RKO, RKO, Cooper, and or Dino De Laurentiis do not own. Okay. So it's complicated. So this Warner Brothers Kong is called Kong, and they ain't even going to risk calling him King Kong. They it might, was, they might say, like, they was, might say on the island he is king. Like they might say that it was originally King yeah. Kong Skull Island, with legendary. Pr- produ- producing yeah. and Universal distributing. Right, but then. Yes. Legendary let them move it to Warner Brothers. Okay. Uh, uh, Universal to let Legendary move it to, to Warner Brothers. Brothers so they could do a Godzilla crossover. Right. And that's when the movie was temporarily renamed just Skull Island. It was it was just renamed Kong Skull Island. Uh, well, I'm sure at one point it was just called Skull Island because of the idea... That was, might be like a shit they, they, were, they were teasing it as like a prequel to King Kong. Yeah, it was, when it was really nice it was called King Kong Skull Island. But now they've just gone, forget the other King Kong movies, this is its own thing. It's Kong Skull Island. Okay, Kong Skull Island... Um, dong, full, byland doesn't work. Uh, but Taylor does work. Work, 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 work. Let me see you work, 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 work. Alien Covenant. Alien Covenant. It's doing what Prometheus did. It's visually very stunning, and this new trailer gives us a lot more stuff to to feast on with oh, our eyes. Oh boy, does it! Now I'm still. It, it's weird because I'm still hesitant to be excited. I'm really excited for because it. of Prometheus. But then again, you've been you've been in an alien kick recently, reading all the like, expanded universe kick. stuff. I've been in an alien kick for about twenty years. <laughs> yeah, about twenty years <laughs> at this point. It's genetic, it's just it's in your biology since forever. Since I first saw that xenomorph and was simultaneously scared out of my wits and fascinated, and just wooed. Completely head over heels with this thing. Oh, oh! It's grotesque, and yet I can't stop looking at it. Are you happy to see it in all of its glory in oh, the new Alien Covenant trailer? Oh, am I? And it, it doesn't look. It looks like a lot of the stuff that's in the trailer, at least, is CGI, which is a break from tradition with the series. It's usually traditionally been a bloke in a suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, uh, Tom Woodruff Jr. Um, in AVPR in, yeah, yeah. Um, because he, him and Alec, Alec Gillis their special effects company provided uh, alien amalgamated effects. dynamics incorporated yes um, <laughs> they provided effects for the series since Aliens in fact I um, the, yeah they, they've I think AMD was built off the back of it there with a, James a, Cameron wasn't ADI's it? last work in the franchise I believe was AVP Requiem yeah. I don't believe they were brought on board for Predators I think they did some consultation work yeah, for Predators yeah. Um, and but I, th- as, I think I think they did some consultation work for Prometheus too, but they weren't like. But they've always been more associated with the Aliens franchise and the Predator franchise anyway. Oh yeah, but so, now nowadays their company uh, is unfortunately 
they do a lot more visual effects, CGI stuff, yeah, rather yeah. than practical because that's where the money is. Yeah, as, as a company, that's where they have to go to keep their like twenty plus employees fed and that being watered said, and, and homes. You know, the CGI alien in this is doing some really interesting things. That shot that for the title where, it, where it's you see it, it's just uh, aliens, alien style crawling and leaping is yeah. really nice. And um, the, the 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 final <clears throat> sequence of the trailer with it on on the windshield of the oh, head way. Oh, and then it's just it, and it looks so spindly and thin and long. Yeah. It looks like a big spider and um it's it I think it's a really interesting uh, way to use the creature that we've not seen it before and then freed from the limitations of prosthetics and, and costume allows you to do new things with it, which is kind of what we... Like, we don't... We don't want the same as no, Alien. because we've, we've seen... We want some of the spirit of that movie, yeah. I think. I think you always want that in a sequel. You want at least the spirit of the previous thing to be present. Yeah. Um, but you... You know, you don't want it to outright be the same movie. But we've also got classic facehuggers. We do, with their big old... Uh, very red Vagine faces. We've got, we've got what looks Their like, vagina tummies. What looks like a deacon with the penis tummies. From Prometheus running around. Yeah, the little uh, little like proto alien thing. Well, I've heard I've heard there's something in this movie called a neomorph. I've no idea what that is. Uh, I've seen a picture of a maquette. Ah. It's sort of halfway between human and xenomorph. No, don't worry, don't have nightmares. It's not that thing. Oh, um, I didn't mind that. So it much. sort of looks like the Deacon with the curved head, but there's like human, like a human jaw to one side, and Ooh, sort of poking through. Uh, I think that's what you know. The guy in the both trailers we see his back yeah. sort of twisting. I think that's what he becomes. I I would think so because um, it, th- this movie's definitely. I'm, I'm going to say it now. This movie still to me, based on the visuals, looks like a Prometheus sequel. Oh yeah, it's totally which, which it is, but like it's it's not gone. Forget Prometheus; it's gone. No, this is part two. Um, we're just giving you some of what you wanted last time in terms of the alien connection that you didn't get. I'll be happy if this movie is yeah. just a nice mix of creatures. Um, the terraforming things. Well, I think I I think based on the trailer, they've landed on wherever David ended up after Prometheus, wherever David and. Uh, um, Shaw. Sure. What was this? Yeah. What's the actor's name? Uh, Numira Pass. Numira Pass. Uh, who I always get mixed up name wise with Rooney Mara just because they both have rather unusual names with Oon in it somewhere. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, Shaw. She's been confirmed to be in the movie, but I think she shot for like two days. So well, it's implying that we're going to see what became of her. There's a shot in the trailer of. Is it of, the first trailer? Uh, oh, in the one? new trailer of. Um, what's her name? Catherine, what's her name? Uh, uh, Fantastic Beast Lady. Yeah, new, new Ripley, basically. Old quirky face. Yeah. Um, like, look, pulling down what looks like a dog tag or something. Yeah. Or a necklace yeah. from the inside the engineer ship. Yeah. Is that, could that be Shaw's? Possibly. Is that the ship Shaw takes off in? Ship Shaw. Shaw ship. Shaw ship redemption. Uh, possibly. I mean, we'll, we're going to have to wait and see for sure, but, uh, for sure, but I know she's, she's in there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, David, we saw David in the previous trailer. In the room. In this ready, white ready 2001, room. that. Yeah. I thought. Uh, and then we saw what looked like David in a big coat at one point in the previous trailer. In this trailer... It could also be... It could also be the new the mech. The other guy. But in this trailer... What's his name? Um, What's his name? Um, I know they've broken... Bilio. They've but broken this, in, the naming convention. Yeah, like the idea is they all have different names and, and everything. Yeah, but, they, but they've, broken this... the, they've broken the, the sequential naming convention. 
Oh yeah. Oh, how, how do you mean? Sorry, like uh, Ash, bishops, for example. Bishop, uh... call David. Oh right. Okay. It's not an e. But then again, <clears throat> that was always a treat for the films. They did. Well, they it? did use Elden in the Fire and Stone comics miniseries. Ah, so, so if this guy's F, then it's at so, least paying attention. Lip service. Yes. Can get it. Um, um, maybe not when we're talking about face huggers and stuff. Maybe not lip, lip service. service. Um, but there's a figure, there's a hooded figure in this trailer that looks a little bit similar to what David's wearing in an earlier one. Mm. So it's like, oh, is that David? Is he wandering around on this terraformed planet that has human wheat, but also uh, human consumables like wheat? But it also has uh, the... Catherine Waterston is, the, is, is new Ripley. You're Catherine Waterston. Daniels, she's called in this. All right. Uh, the, the, the new android is called Walter. 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 Hello, I'm Walter. Mm. But my name's really Egbert. <laughs> Egbert. Um, <laughs> I, I'm still I'm still not over the moon excited about this, the more I think about it, because I just remember Prometheus, I remember being really excited for that. I was so excited. For, your your friend and mine, Charlie DeMello, can tell you how excited I was for Prometheus, because we saw it together. Super excited for it. Oh, God. And, like, at a late showing, the day it came out, and then came out of it with just faces like we'd been shatting. Shat in. Shat in. Not even shat on. We'd been shat in. The movie had taken the time to it, part an opening on you the marketing and defecate into it and then sew it back up. The marketing had sold us a movie that we were expecting so hard. We went in, didn't get it, and was so upset by the fact that we didn't get what we wanted. Um, and that, I, I think, partly a fault of the marketing for presenting it in a certain way and people talking about it in a certain way who've worked on it. Mm. Thing, and like early scripts getting out and things like that uh, creating expectations but also partly our fault for buying into it yeah. um, and I'm aware that I might be going down the same route with Covenant of buying into it again but it, looks, it really looks good it's been five years since Prometheus yeah what the hell and also to see Danny McBride in a serious role yes I'm interested in that Especially James he... Franco in a, in, a seri- in a serious role again again oh, he like, does more serious stuff but I'm assuming James Franco is killed off early on because we don't. He's not because the only thing he's all. appeared in is that yeah. uh, little sort of um, prequel almost the that they released last week. He's the captain of the ship. Yeah, um, which is we don't cool. see him in any of the trailers that have come out. Uh, and when they list the cast, they don't tend to list him like in, they when the articles list like the three mm. sort of top names. They don't list him. So I think he's there briefly, like very briefly. What do you think he smells like? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully not Prometheus. Oh, now final trailer. We'll have a quick chat about this one because it doesn't really offer much in the way of new things apart from a couple of beats. But it's great at gearing us up. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two is not that far away now, <clears throat> and the new trailer. Um, is just it's again. It's like the previous trailer. It's just a montage of shots. It's just, look at things. Here are the names of the characters. It doesn't give anything new away. Quippy lines! Yeah. And that's... I, I should be worried, but I trust James Gunn. And I trust Marvel at this point. Yeah. Like, their track record is so good. And their track record is also so good at, at, at Disney in general, actually, with Star Wars as well. In producing trailers that sh- make you want to see the film, but don't actually tell you anything about yeah. the plot that you don't want to know. Mm. That's. I think that's the reason why I'm not panicking. Like I should be in terms of looking at it that way. It's like we're not being given any indication. They're just showing us fun things. So many misdirects in previous trailers for for other films that 
I'm not that worried that we haven't seen. It doesn't matter no. whether we, what, what sequence we're seeing things in because we know that they'll change things out. They'll yeah. switch shots around. They, they will lie in the trailers <laughs> to deliberately obfuscate the actual plot of the film. So as long as we yeah. get more Rocket Raccoon, more Groot, more Gamora, more Drax, more uh, so Star much Lord, more Drax. so much more Drax. I'll be happy. I just want to spend so much more time with these characters because I enjoyed being with them. And now that they are a family, as they say in this trailer. I want to see what it's like, what they're like now for a couple of years on, like having yeah. been together. Um, Rocket's got a jetpack. That looks awesome. Yeah, jetpack Rocket. Tiny Groot has a little set of overalls. Yeah. It's adorable. Um, <laughs> at one point, Drax is wearing what sort of looks like these, it's almost like a force field around his body. Yeah. So those blue lights, like, so he's in, he's breathing in space in this, like, temporary spacesuit, I suppose, made of lights. And he's going, die, spaceship! Die, Shooting spaceship. a spaceship. <laughs> Gamora's wielding a giant cannon that looks like she's ripped it off the side of a ship. Uh, uh, Star-Lord has gun envy. Star-Lord's got gun envy. <laughs> Mantis still doesn't do much in the trailer. No. She's done for the last couple. I think, they do, I think they're bumping it up to basically be like, here's a bunch of new characters. But she's a psychic though, so yeah. her skills aren't necessarily <clears throat> action-based. No. Agreed, but it's that weird thing that the trailers are almost saying like, she's one of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And it's like, I wonder if she is or if she's just sort of part of this story, but they don't want to shun her because she's a big part of the story. Um, like the, the, the Matus of the Matus. Guardians world, if you will. We'll get back to that in a fortnight. Last night. Um, <laughs> Time travel! Oh, God. Uh, Nebula looks like um, has been captured by someone else since we last saw her and the Guardians are retreating. Well, in one, in one of those shots, she's not got her full bionic hand back yet. And in one of the shots, she's piloting a ship trying to shoot Gamora. It looks like the Milano. It does. Oh my god, I didn't even realise. Or so, maybe it's another Ravager ship, because I, I think that's a model they use. The Ravagers are out in the middle of nowhere. Looks yeah. like they're getting a fire rocket and some gadgets. But at the same time, Yondu's definitely with the group. By the end of the story, at least. Yeah, because um, I think you see him with a bunch of ravages early on in the trailer. But, I mean, like mm. I say, they'll switch things around deliberately in the trailer, so, like, trying to pass what's going on is not worth it. The but big, it just looks cool. The biggest new thing we see in the trailer is Ego. We see, we see Ego. Kurt Russell at the end of the trailer. I'm your father, Peter. I'm your dad. I'm your dad, Peter. And you're like, oh, shit! Which is nice, because people who watch the first movie may not be familiar with the characters in the world of it, That'll be the moment, I think, that when they see this trailer, they'll go, oh, oh! Because in the last one, his dad was an alien who left after, before he was born. Okay, like... So there's the one bit of plot the trailers have given us in terms of, this is a reason you want to come and but see I this. I think James Gunn has also come and said, yeah, the ego being his dad thing is not the main focus of the movie no. at all. But I think that's the It's I not think a that's mystery or anything. I, I've got a mini theory about ego, but we won't dwell on that for too long, because I don't want us to become... Uh, like, I haven't seen this film yet, but it's the my favourite film. Um, ATSTs! <laughs> it's definitely not a repurposed Ghostbusters action figure with a Star Wars sticker on the front. <laughs> um, when, in the trailer, there's a few shots of them <clears throat> on what basically looks like an absolute paradise. I think that's Ego. I think that's Ego. I think Ego is a terraforming operation or technology or power that Kurt Russell has. He's not the planet in the same way the comic book Ego is a living planet. Literally a big planet with a face. Yeah, he's. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's where it goes. I would not be surprised at all. Um, <laughs> yeah, because... James point, Gunn gave us Groot and Rocket. At this point... I'm not surprised. Everything we've had in the Marvel movies, 
Planet with a face. People will buy it. People will buy it. People, people will buy Wong if he's listening to Beyonce. Yeah. Like, and he's not a manservant. Yeah, he's a freaking badass who's in charge. Yeah. God, Benedict Wong is great. That's out on Blu-ray like great. a fortnight. Oh. I am buying the 3D and turning all good. the lights off and hurting my head to watch it. It's going to be amazing. Uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 coming out very soon. Cannot wait. Now, in the realm of Marvel. The realm of Marvel. In the, in, but in the Fox <clears> Dominion. <throat> clearing my throat because we've got to get gruff now it's about a grim future what I really hate is all the, all the summaries of this movie said post-apocalyptic future and then you watch it's like no it's no. just a slightly distant shitty future it's just the shitty southern states Logan we saw Logan we're going to talk Logan don't worry spoiler free for now we'll give you a nudge when we're going to do spoilers and if you want to skip them uh, there'll be time codes in the description as per Tim um, Codes Tim codes if you wanted to skip to the emails at the end of the episode if not you could obviously just pause this when we get to spoilers go see Logan and then we'll start playing this again and it's no spoiler to say that you should go and see Logan yeah off the bat go watch it it's fucking great is it a 15 or an 18 it's a 15 it's it's a hard 15 for the UK it is a hard 15 yeah and it's definitely a hard R for the states then because yeah um quick history of Logan movies X-Men character Usually the main character. If not the main character, the movie repurposes parts of the plot to make him more of a main focus because he sells tickets. He's had three solo movies that are his own movies now. X-Men Origins Wolverine. Piece mine, of shit. Mine! All mine! The Wolverine. Not brilliant, but not terrible. Same director as this. The same director as this. And did he write it? I'm going to check if he wrote it. Carry on. Uh, which one? This one? Uh, no, uh, he wrote this one. The story write? story, and one of the screenplay writers for this one. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking, did he write Al Avogander at the Wolverine. The Wolverine. Uh, James Mangold, uh, he did not write the Wolverine. That probably explains it then. So, the Wolverine was written by Mark Bombach and Scott Frank. Uh, Logan is written by Scott Frank, Michael Green, and James Mangold. Uh, it's also a story by James Mangold, loosely based. It's that bastard bombat messing things up. <laughs> loosely based on the comic book <laughs> Old Man Logan, which we've discussed before. <laughs> Very loosely based. No, we haven't discussed before. We're discussing next week. We will discuss it. Next Time week. travel. We've already discussed it, but you won't hear us discuss it until next week. My God. Um, uh, my God. Logan is the story of a uh, 20, the year 2029, so not 20, too far 20, in the future. 2029. Um, it's, it's a couple of years further on from what we saw at the end of Days of Future Past. Yes. Which is hilarious when you think about it, because it's like, really? That was all temples and scorched earth. But I suppose it means the future of when well, the it's all future. rewritten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, o- well, which means that that was all for nothing. <laughs> Yeah, because Logan, uh, the mutant Caliban, played by Stephen Merchant, played brilliantly by Stephen yeah, Merchant. Yeah, I really liked him. A casting where I think we're all like, hmm, mm-hmm. wonder how this is going to work. Then we saw it and went, oh no, oh, he fits in work. perfectly with this. Yeah. Um, Stephen Merchant and a um, sort of mentally regressing Xavier. He's, like, he's he, not in his, full control of his faculties. No, he's say. sort of like... Alzheimer's is working its way in there, and he's, yeah, they never he's... get into exactly what it is, but they 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 say is it is it Alzheimer's? Is it ALS? It's something. Yeah, he's but... he's 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 not well. Put it no, that way, he's not. Um, are living out just below the border of Mexico in like an old industrial plant uh, and a silo and all this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Logan is working as a limo driver in the states, uh, keeping quiet. 
earning money, saving up cash, buying pills to sort of um, subdue Xavier's um, energy so that he's low yeah. energy and, and his mind can't suppress spasm, suppress his powers. Uh, Caliban is essentially looking after the two of them. Um, like he's, he's the one who's sort of keeping them, you know, fed and, and doing the grocery shopping, I guess, and the housework the and looking after them. Um, Logan looks like <clears throat> shit. Yes, like covered in scars that aren't healing. Like his healing factor exists, but it's really slow. Yeah. Um, it's not the instantaneous healing. Yeah. Like if he, if he cuts himself, it's a few hours before it's healed. At one point, he sort of cuts his, his the palm of his hand open with his blade. Yeah. Because his blade doesn't come out all the way, so he pulls it to sort of realign yeah. it. This is, this is, he this cuts is... his hand open and wraps it up in a bandage, and like for the rest of that day, the bandage is on. There's a so, great, there's yeah. a great uh, sequence very early on. So it's not re- not really a spoiler, but it's the opening of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's, he's stood over a sink after he's been in a fight, and oh, he's yeah, just yeah. waiting. You just see him straining as his feeling factor slowly pushes the bullets out of his body. Yeah, lest we just... forget X2 gets shot in the skull. Yeah. Unconscious for two minutes as the bullet is pushed out and then he wakes up. And this is in just, this, he's just having straining. To, yeah, he's having to like force them out. Um, he's screwed. He's got a business as a limo driver. He's saving up money to buy a boat for him and Xavier to just bugger off into the middle of the sea, mm-hmm. I guess, with a load of beer and a fishing rod and just live out the rest of their days out at sea. Which implies it not be very long for either of them. Yeah, it's... Yeah. I mean, Xavier's in his 90s at this point. I'm fucking 90. Um, Nonagenarian, actually. A woman gets in touch with... <laughs> a woman gets in touch with him. Um, and that's the thing with Xavier in this movie. It's definitely the Xavier that we fell in love with in the first couple films. Yeah. But there's flashes of the youth as well. There's flashes of the arrogance and the cockiness that... McAvoy's Xavier has portraying 20-year-old Xavier. Yeah, yeah. Which is quite nice. It's sort of like, of course, he's got to the age where he, formality out the window. He doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's, every day is him straining to live oh, and get he, by. He, he does give us, he does give a fuck. He gives several strings of fucks. Yeah, oh yeah, no, but... At various points in the movie. But, but I mean, I mean, in terms of, in terms of his decorum no, and yes, all that, yes, like, yes. he's no longer, he's no longer like, I am the, the tutor and the, uh, the role model. He's, I'm the old man who's dying. Fuck it! I'm just gonna swear. Yeah, like I don't care Maybe. anymore. Um, and I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna insult you, and I'm gonna be very clipped and short and abrasive at times. Um, a woman gets in touch with Logan, basically saying like, "You've got to help." There's, I've my daughter. You have to help my daughter. These men are after her. Well, she knows, she finds him. She knows that he's the Wolverine. Yes, or he was the Wolverine because the X Men are known throughout the world. Mutants have pretty much disappeared. Like yeah. they're not, they're not apparently around anymore. Um. Uh, the X-Men's adventures are known enough that there are comic books and, like, fiction about them. Yeah. But they're long gone. Um, for reasons we'll get into in the spoilers. We'll, we find out hints as to what maybe happened, to why they're no longer around uh, as a team working together. But this woman's like, you've got to help my daughter, you've got to help my daughter, she's got powers, we need to take her to a safe place in Canada. Was well, at the same time, um, oh, Donald, Donald Pierce and his Reavers... Uh, are on behalf of a scientific institute trying to track down this little girl. Donald Pierce gets in touch with Logan and says, yeah, do me a favour, mate. If they get in touch with you, tell me. You don't want to get dragged into this. I know you don't. You're trying to keep quiet because we know about you. We know about your friends. We know where you are. It's a slimy guy as well. And you can be kept... He's, the, I would argue, the best villain in the X-Men oh, movie series. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you could be kept safe. Just let me know if they get in touch with you. 
but Logan and Charles and Caliban basically sort of go the direction of no, no, we need to help this girl. So it's Logan and Charles and young Laura versus Donald Pierce, his Reavers, and other surprises that their company have up their sleeve. Mm. Um, so that's your basics for the movie. It's a Western. It's not a superhero film. Yeah. It's a Western about redemption and like end of days and leaving your mark and making the right decision mm-hmm. um, before you leave the world like behind. It's, it's, oh my God, it's great. Uh, let's get to the basics. R rating means that the profanity is all over the place, which made me cringe when the first line of the movie was, fuck. I was like, oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, same way, like, if I had flashbacks to Torchwood. <laughs> first episode of Torchwood, like two minutes in. Fucking Torchwood. Fucking I was like, torture. oh God. Yeah. But this profanity works, especially coming out of the mouth of Xavier, because again, he hasn't been like that since he was McAvoy. Everyone's so old and tired Everyone's and knackered. broken. And... Um, like, Caliban is a great addition. Yeah. Uh, possibly the second Caliban is a throwaway line to com- to explain the continuity yeah. fuck up. Again, I think we had this conversation coming out of the cinema. It's like, the producers and writers of the X-Men movies don't pay any attention no. to continuity. So the, continuity you... the continuity of the movies isn't isn't taken into consideration when telling this story. This story is its own story. I would argue that's, that's it. I would argue it's not taken into consideration when telling any of the stories. Oh, no, no. But and they, therefore, they, they, and therefore they, they, we should they, just ignore They've it. told the story of this film without uh, going, how does this fit into the franchise? They've gone... The franchise happened ages ago. That's all you need to know. Yeah. There's this, nods this, to certain there, moments. Well, there, well there's, there's, there's two nods specifically to... Well, three nods specifically to X-Men. Yeah. And that's it. Like, that film is the only one that you have to have a passing knowledge of. To you get... don't even have to have a passing oh, knowledge. Oh, no, no. Because but, but it all no. works as like, but, but internet to get, dialogue. To get yeah. some of the little subtleties in this one. Like, yeah. There's a bit where Logan is looking at a comic book. Or he's flicking through one of these comic books. And he looks at some panels of Logan helping Rogue. Yeah. And he just sort of smiles, sort of very, this very little smile to himself that looks so fucking sad. And that, that of course, is nice because it's basically it's calling back to the first characters that we met in that movie properly yeah. were Rogue meeting Wolverine and going on the I road. Watch X-Men again and tonight. there's a reference to the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and there's uh, obviously the reference to the reference to Xavier's like when like I first when you when I first took you in you were you were an animal you were no better than a beast. Which a is career, a bit unfair. He was, but he was talking making about making a career, career as a cage fighter. As a cage fighter. Yeah. So you know, the, the, there's that much, but it's it's very much its own beast. It also has kind of has to be. Because of the R rating and the level of violence in yeah. the movie. It is a violent movie. It is gory. I mean, I became a little numb to any facial injuries by the third act. I was like... <laughs> because there'd been seen, so yeah, many by that point. There'd been so many. Um, but that didn't mean that it wasn't welcome. Because it means we have at least one Wolverine movie now where he can be Wolverine. It was really refreshing to just see him get to cut loose. The the closest we've had is some of the fights in the Wolverine are really gritty, but it's the bone claws, so it's not so much gore, it's more just the aggression. There is an unrated version of that as well. Yeah, the the, the the version I've got is is the unrated version. The home home video release in the UK was the unrated version. It's, um, it's, it's not particularly... There's blood in it, but it's yeah. not, like, spurting everywhere. There's scars, there's scratches, there's blood on the bone claws. But it's it's more about the aggression in that movie. Um, 
X-Men 2 is probably the most brutal we've seen him, but there's no blood. Because it's a fast the, the attack yeah, on the mansion. Yeah. Like, is the whole, you know... It, we, again, my favourite shot in an X-Men movie so far, although I may have to think more about that, was him plunging his claws into the guy against the fridge in X2, just yeah. screaming and then pulling his arms out. The guy drops to the floor. He's, like, already dead. And then he moves into the corridor. That sequence is great. This movie shows us what that sequence would be like were the kid gloves taken off and yeah. we're allowed to see the gore. Um, this is a gory film. There is limbs getting cut off. There is faces getting punctured. Um, Wolverine gets fucked up in yeah. this movie. And the best part is, he's not the most violent character in the film. No, he's... There are two other characters that dis- dish out violence on a bigger scale. Oh, yeah. Um, including Laura, X-23. Uh, never named out loud like that, but lots of paperwork showing that she is the 23rd of what she is. She is I X-23. Think, I think they're implying that the project she was part of was called X-23. Yeah, well, well yeah, we'll get into it in spoilers, but yeah, I know what you yeah. mean. Like, so, so that's how they get that in there. Uh, it's not really a spoiler, but I suppose it's for comic book nerds and, and geeks. Yeah, she's got the she's got the claw in her feet as well. I think that's been in the been at least one of the trailers. And uh, no close-ups, but she's definitely flipping yeah, over someone yeah. and kicking someone. She only uses them the ones, but like, oh, she uses them a couple of times. Okay. Oh, but they're giving like that one close-up yeah, aren't they, yeah, on the first yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, her first action sequence is tremendous. In fact, that entire sequence is incredible. Yeah. But it's... it's them again. It's them getting away from the Reavers. It just goes on and on and on, and it's amazing. What James Mangold was able to show us in the Wolverine in terms of his set pieces was nice. Here, he gets to show us what he would like to have done. And, it's, and it's, my God, it works. It's actually very stripped down, in a way. Yeah. Uh, and there was oh, whole, this is a minimalist film. Yeah, like, it, 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 it's a Western, not a superhero movie. So the action is is realistic. Like It's the sort of action you would get in a movie that wasn't about superpowered people. Yeah. Um, as long as the superpower, as long as the people fighting just happen to use blades on their hands instead of guns, like that's the only kind of difference. Because he's he's not energetic enough to be doing what he used to. He's not leaping at people. It definitely he's not charging into battle. It definitely goes with what James Mangold was saying ahead of the release of the film, where he wasn't looking for a big CGI mess of mess of city destroying thing. It was you know it was a real action with real characters. Yeah, and it. it is is more about stakes and personal action than anything else, and it is refreshing for there to be no, you know, sort of huge scale destruction and buildings falling down and all that shite. It's it's people fighting people because yeah. there's very real um, personal stakes, and it, there's a, a weight to the action and a grittiness to it, and. And a visceral nature to the violence, which is very uh, unusual in a superhero movie, because usually they're aimed at PG thirteen, and there's a there's a, 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 a sort of cartooning of the violence in a way. Um, but it's, it was really great to see. It was really great to see it get dirty, so to speak. Yes. Um, I don't want to say too much more uh, without going into our spoiler territory. Yeah. So uh, yeah. Make a note, ladies and gentlemen, spoilers are about to begin, but final word before they do, go see this film. Yeah, go see it. As as the last movie in which Hugh Jackman and uh, Patrick Stewart are going to be playing Wolverine and Charles Xavier, respectively, this is a fine send-off for these characters. It's the best ever. And for these actors. 
it's the best X Men movie. I mean, if we're not if we're not counting Deadpool, I, if we count Deadpool, I think it's better than Deadpool. I say, yeah, as a standalone piece, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's as enjoyable as Deadpool, but for different reasons. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, Deadpool is what it is, but like it's not making any grand statement. This one kind of is, and it does it tremendously. Um, Logan is the best X Men movie. It's the best Wolverine movie. It's probably Hugh Jackman's finest performance in a blockbuster. Yeah, outside of like a small character piece. Yeah, mm. in his big budget Hollywood stuff, it's the best thing he's done. Yeah. And and also, um, uh, what's a, uh, what's it? Ah, Boyd Holbrook as Donald Pierce is an excellent villain. Yeah, he's R- great. Richard E. Grant is a nice surprise in it. He's he's yeah. like, he's used more than you'd imagine considering how little he was in the trailers. Yeah, uh, Stephen Merchant as Caliban is brilliant. But Daphne Keane as Laura, oh, she is. She's someone to watch out for. Yeah, she's fabulous in this and terrifying. She's eleven. She's eleven. She's eleven. She's eleven years old. Oh god! So go see Logan. Spoiler territory. Yeah. Did, now we're going to talk spoilers. So if you haven't seen Logan, you don't want to be spoiled. Either skip to the time code for the emails or pause it. Go watch Logan now. Mm, yeah. Do the um, latter, because Logan's great. Go and see it, and then come back to us. This is for those we'll who don't it. care about spoilers, or have seen the flick. Uh, quick ten minutes on Logan and some of the treats in store. Um, X24 yeah. is, is <laughs> really scary. And it's not in any of the promotional material. No, no, no. They did a really good job of keeping that one secret. I but it also it. explains why... Um, in a lot of the the early production pictures he was putting on his Instagram, Hugh Jackman has a buzz cut. Yeah. I think his hair for the rest of the movie is a wig. I think he had the buzz cut for the majority of filming. Because, good God. Good God, man. They pulled this off. There, there was yeah. only one shot where I was like, that looks a bit ropey when, with the two of them in it. It was when X-24 was dragging him onto the, the, the spike of the tree. Both yeah. their faces were in frame and... Both of their and faces that, looked a li- slightly odd. That wasn't ropey because of the doubleness. That was ropey because they had the CGI. One of or one, if not both of them, onto the bodies. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's, it wasn't the faces that were ropey about it. It was the oh. fact that they were impaling him. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was CGI. Yeah, that was what made it look weird. Yeah. Um. Be, uh, and I, because that is the kind of thing where it's like, yeah, you could do it practically, but it wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to do it smoothly. And you'd have to cut around it, and it wouldn't work as well. Whereas CGI, you get it all in one shot, and but it's it was a little bit ropey. But that's the only moment, effects wise. And like we were saying, it was a, when we came out of it, it's a fairly, it's relatively effects light for this kind of superhero movie. Yeah. Um. So the the only shot in the entire thing, right? Where obviously you know when, you oh, know yeah, when course, yeah, you yeah. know when shots are CGI because obviously it's something that cannot be achieved practically. Yeah. But the only shot that stood out as an obvious CGI shot was I mentioned it last night. There's a helicopter shot of him <laughs> running through the woods, like yeah. from, from a bird's eye view, and he's only in frame for a second. But it's like it's clearly a CGI it character a running. Yeah. yeah um, but it, I mean, doesn't again doesn't take away from anything. No, that and the shot of getting impaled, and I was like, oh, that's the CGI is a bit ropey there, but. Ropey's a relative term. It's it's pretty. I mean, put it this way: still you're good. not getting the claws from X Men Origins. Oh God, no! Good Lord, no! Um, X twenty four is frightening, mostly because it's Hugh Jackman. Like it's it's how do you, how do you give Wolverine an enemy worthy of Wolverine fighting him? 
you've got to give him himself. And he doesn't say anything. He doesn't say a damn line. He screams and roars. Um, but also it's nice because obviously the thing he's run away from for most of his life after, you know, finding the X-Men is running away from being a beast, from yeah. being this, this monster. Running from himself. So what naturally what's, himself. what's the last thing he faces? It's him at his worst. Yeah. Um, well, I I love the suggestion that X twenty four is literally cobbled together, like they grew each piece of him individually. Yeah, because when you see the tanks earlier they, on, you don't realize that's what it is. Yeah, but there's like a leg and an arm, and they're in separate tanks. You're like, well, what the hell that is? And then later on, I was like, oh god, that's what they were making. Yeah, they were making build your own Wolverine. <laughs> that's terrifying. Yeah, um, he's great, and and he's like, oh god, he's violent. Donald Pierce, um. And the Reavers, the Reavers are great because they just look like yeah, they, they they look like you'd imagine you know like a bunch of sort of grubby Mad Max esque uh, pack of bounty hunters with cybernetic implants would look. <laughs> they look great. They look really good. And um, what's his face who plays Donald Pierce? I want to get his name right. Boyd Holbrook. Boyd Holbrook. He's great. Yeah, like he just really oozes good. that kind of really sort of casual menace. Um, but at the same time, wasn't an unstoppable villain. Like we, every time we see him for the first sort of third of the movie, he's smarmy. He's clearly in charge. He knows what he's doing. And then when Laura first approaches, like, right, good, we got you. Come over here. She gets the claws out, and he's genuinely like, oh fuck, yeah, go back, oh, move back, move back, move back. back. No, Laura, no, 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 Laura, no. And it's just like, oh god. And then when she starts to advance, he goes, right, abandoned, and yeah. he moves back. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was nice. And she never seems to murder everyone. Oh, God, I know. The cybernetic effects are really nice. There's a really nice shot where he re- reattaches yeah, it after he's fixed good. it. And it sort of, it almost, it almost does like a little reset motion. It unfolds the, backwards. It, all yeah. his fingers fold backwards and then come back. It's like, oh, that's a really nice touch. Um, oh, God, I mean, he, he was great. Uh, and a proper, a proper grisly death as well. Mm. Really grim as all, all the kids at Eden, from Eden gather over him and like, he gets held down with grass and his body's being frozen whilst the psychic's pushing him into the ground. Yeah, the way those kids, so those kids use their powers is really... And he's, he's just being zapped gently yeah. by the, the electric kid. It's just like, oh, that's hard. You can just see his, you can just see his body turning blue and yeah. cold underneath the grass. It's like, oh! There's so some really neat inventive uses of, of, of powers in this when, when the mutants do turn up. The kids were great, yeah. apart from one thing. There was what I'd like to, what I, my men, in my mind, I've categorized as the shit pan, uh, the shit hook moment. Yeah, the shit hook moment, which was they all trim his beard while he's sleeping, and, they, and, and then they giggle like until he wakes up. Well, no, like, what? They, they giggle because there's two two of them cutting it. Yeah, and then they take it away, and then one of them comes in again, and then about five of them come in with scissors. It was really weird. I really liked it, because I thought it was just kids being kids. Obviously, in the terms of the story, it was this weird touch. It was them going, oh, let's cut his beard so he looks more like the Wolverine we know from the comics we read. I don't think it's that. I think they were just fucking with him. But conveniently cutting it into his traditional facial well, yeah, hair. Yeah, but... I don't know. I think I think they no, were trying. I think they were trying to make him look like the hero finish. that they read in the comics. They, they, all they the don't time. finish cutting his beard, though. No, but they definitely cut it down oh, over, yeah, yeah. over where it needs yeah. to be for him to have his mutton chops. Yeah, because um, and the, obviously the reason they've done it is so aesthetically. We have this visual of him in his final hour as we all remember him looking. Yeah, yeah. Um, like the Logan we we've, we've grown to love uh, over the years, and the Hugh Jackman portrayal. He's great in this. He is really good in this. And his death works really well. Yeah. 
like you, you believe it like because it, that's the thing as well it's not a case of like oh he might still heal it's like no his body's run out of steam yeah, now he's gone he's uh, gonna, they, they, he's talk, go. they, they bring the thing back from the comics of the adamantium poisoning him that's what I liked yeah because it's, like, it's like without the adamantium maybe he would have lived a lot longer maybe yeah I mean like the adamantium is the thing that has eventually slowed him down because your body will get poisoned mm-hmm. um, which means that Laura still has at least 140 150 years in her like he's had although she if it's kind of they don't really get into it, but it from what oh, you yeah, see yeah. of it, it looks like she only has the claws. Well, she'll get fucked up hands and feet then. Yeah, <laughs> her wrists will look shit. At least she just pull them out. Yeah, maybe. Oh god, that's something that happened. That's happened to X twenty three and at least once in the comics. Someone's pulled the claws out. Uh, throwaway reference to Caliban being the second Caliban because uh, no. there's a Caliban in X Men Apocalypse. Who's like Caliban knows Caliban knows. Not necessarily the second Caliban though. Maybe the, no, like the child of or something, but but he's definitely he's an Egyptian sort of mysterious little like he, he, they play him up to his kind of yeah, Morlock esque yeah. sort of mystery man living underground thing in, in Apocalypse, and then in this one, um, Pierce says to him like I read about you when I was a kid or whatever. Yeah, and he says you must be thinking of someone else. Obviously, in terms of this movie in its own context, he's just being like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. But for continuity. Fuckheads, people who get petty about it like me sometimes. Um, yeah, it, 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 it was one, almost the film's way of going. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not the one you're thinking of. If there's one franchise to not get petty about yeah. continuity wise, it's the X Men franchise because they don't give a fuck. That's what I love about it. Days Future Past went. Days Future Past went right. Uh, excuse a couple of niggles like Bolivar Trask, but we've now corrected it. X One, X Two. First class and this film are the only ones that except, exist. Except you haven't and corrected then, anything. And, uh, well, and then Apocalypse makes 28 contradictions that already screw you with, haven't cre- with it. it, it they've, By they, the same people. They contradict uh, it before they've even reset it. Yeah, it does, doesn't This work. Caliban's great. And there's, there's that whole thing. His mutant powers are the same as the... Because Caliban in the comics went through about 80 different freaking transformations. And he, like, at one point he became yeah. like, this massive thing was one of the whole... But he's always been a tracker. Yeah, so it, so in this, it's back to the whole thing of like he can sense mutants, like mm. either through sight, sound, smell, uh, sight, sound, and I really like smell, um, just sort of like feeling, like they sort of hint, they sort of hint in this that it's more like smell. It's like he yeah, can literally yeah. smell a mutant. Um, he he helped with uh, the I can't, what what's it called? Because Wolverine keeps calling it Alkali. The company's called Alkali. That's what they're called. I think they have a different name in the film, uh, but, that, but that's who they are. Transgen. Transgen. Yeah. Um, which is next, obviously, Alkali in X2. Alkali Lake is where yeah, Weapon yeah. X is in, in X-Men Origins. Obviously, he refers to Weapon X as Alkali. And what survives of Alkali's resources is now owned by... Um, Trans, Transgen, yeah. Transgen and, um, and Xander Rice, Richie Grant's character, uh, who is... He basically wiped out mutants. He, like... Well, the, it, yeah, it suggested they, that he poisoned the well, as it were, yeah, they, they, and got rid of them. Because you keep seeing everywhere the ad, this corn company that's sort of taken over everything, and they've got all. They never drugs. highlight it as yeah, well. Like, do, it's just in the background. Yeah, and like the drinks, the products. There's like a yeah. product called Hypno. There's like several billboards yeah. of that, and it's always in frame, but it's never focused on. And then he's talking to the fat when they meet the family. To the fat, to the fat, it's like they don't. They don't eat the corn. They put it in the soft drinks. Yeah. Like, they use it as sugar. It's high fructose corn. Because, like, most American soft drinks have high fructose corn. He's been mass producing vegetation to use in foodstuffs that originally was made by what is suggested to kill off the mutant gene. Yeah. So they've got, and they've then got... since has been putting in mutant genes 
in an attempt to try and slowly... He's testing the waters, isn't he? He was talking no, he's, about no, how... He's, he's not... What he's done yeah. is he's wiped out the mutant gene in the general population with oh, GMOs. Okay. That's what all that is. And then is. in the lab, he yeah. started creating his own mutants. Because he's like, mutant... Like I, I, res- I respect and yeah, I'm fascinated yeah. by mutation. I think it's amazing. But it shouldn't be replacing us. Mm. So I'm going to harness it. It's going to be mine now. Yeah. What's really nice about this is that's a big supervillain plot that we've seen a million times. It's no different from those things which like, I'm going to do it and they're going to be my soldiers. He doesn't talk about it like that. He talks no. about it like an enthusiastic scientist and businessman. For as long as he gets to talk about it before. <laughs> because before <laughs> like before the obvious moment, <laughs> the third act has that moment where he's obviously going to say, this is what it's all about. Yeah, and Logan's like, no, his... I'm going to stop you. doesn't even happen. Logan shoots him yeah. and kills he's, him. While he's still explaining what is happening, he's just like, nah, fuck this. The movie yeah. gives no fucks. Yeah. And I respect it so much for that. I really like the way it's Because the big story. sci-fi plot is not what this movie's about. And it, like, it's not a post-apocalyptic world, but it's clearly a world that is fucked. Yeah, like it's on its way down. Like the ice cap, they mentioned the ice caps being fucked up. They made, uh, um... Pierce mentions that tigers are extinct. Yeah, there's a, that's um, a throwaway line. Like, what's the difference like, between... Um, what is it he says? Uh, what's the difference with... Oh, between, I can't uh, remember. It doesn't matter. Don't quote it. It's something in a tiger. Like, one of them's thinking... He just mentions extinct. the tigers are extinct. That's it's, it's a throwaway yeah. mention. Can I remember that yeah. being said? And in my head I went, Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, some yeah. kind of really pathetic animal lover who's walked into a fictional documentary. Yeah. Um, um, it's... Uh, these like the highways with the big, the huge, long automated trucks mm. that the, the driven by robots. Well, like they don't have cabs; it's just the trailers with wheels. Yeah. Um, the enormous train that is pulling through. Yeah. Um, that they the uh, near the from, border. Yeah. In, while they're crossing the border, and just... which is the biggest Western moment in yeah, the movie. Exactly. Like it's so Western. But then you look to see the train, and it just stretches off into the distance. It's an enormous cargo train. Because it's just supplies um, driven by yeah. automated wheels taking yep. them in one big go. Like the automation has, has, has like fucked everyone up. It's one of the reasons why Logan as well is sort of thankful that he's got his job because there's sort of, there's that suggestion through yeah. that that, yeah, couriers maybe aren't needed. It's more a case no. of like the experience of limo driver and the limo and he pulls up to your house and he's like, hey, you get it and all that. Like, he's in an industry where like, he might lose his job soon. So he's earning as much as he fucking can to get out as soon as possible. Um, he's famous, but he isn't. Like, the world yeah, knows know who the, who X-Men, the X-Men, X-Men were. were yeah. And people enjoy them. Their adventures in comic books, which apparently are exaggerated versions of things that happened. Which I'm absolutely delighted by, because one of the covers we see a lot has Sauron on yeah. it. And also, it's like you're telling me that at some point, Savage Land and Giant... Pterodactyl man happened? Okay. Also, it's a neat integration of the concept from the actual Marvel comics. The early in the days, ma- in yeah. The Marvel universe, I mean, they still touched it now and again. Dan yeah. Slott touched on it a lot in his um, She-Hulk, She-Hulk run. Yeah. Um, that in the Marvel Universe, there is a comics company called Marvel who license and create comics based on the real world... In, in that the, world, the real world, the real world heroes that actually exist, but they license their likenesses and names and produce comics and merchandise based on them in the Marvel universe. Yeah, there's even a Wolverine toy at the end at the funeral. Yeah, 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 in, yeah. In his in his old uh, yellow and black and blue costume. Yeah, it's like a really nice touch. Is that the first full on appearance of that outfit in an X Men movie? Then yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, it's I mean, it's just go see it. And Xavier, 
That's one, one, oh, one last thing we'll touch on. Wonderful in this. One last thing we'll touch on is basically if you know Old Man Logan, we we'll talk about this more next week slash last week. Ah, um, <laughs> how the event that instigates it is supervillains swap their heroes, carnage ensues, lots of people die. Yeah. In this version, uh, it results in Logan killing. Logan is tricked into killing most, most if not all of the X Men. In this version, the start of the film suggests that something horrible's happened, that Logan's running from something horrible. Yeah. So they kind of hint that whatever has driven them to the lifestyle him and Charles have now is Logan's fault. Until the movie progresses and we get a brief bit on after Xavier um, has a has a spasm, has an attack. And yeah. para- paralyzes and nearly sort of yeah, kills he keeps having these, these a hotel in Vegas. Fits that freeze people, which is nice. It's a reference to like the thing he did in the films a lot, yeah, like freezing yeah. time, like freezing people in place. It's sort of like they're locked there, and he's having a seizure, and it's sort of hinting that if he dies, everyone he's holding onto is going to die as well. Yeah, um, and like while they're paralyzed, they're not breathing. It which, which accidents, is, yeah, which is obviously something car crashes, and th- which is obviously yeah. something he didn't. A side effect he didn't cause originally, but like he's not in control anymore. His, his brain's been wep- no, because Caliban mentions how his breathing was stopped when it happens. At the oh time. right, okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, oh god, because that's, that's a great throwaway line. So at the beginning, they mentioned that Charles Xavier's brain is now a, considered a weapon of mass destruction yep. because he's no longer in charge of his faculties enough to control his powers. Um, so, but you get hint after the attack at Vegas. Uh, on the radio that says it's similar to the event that happened like 10 years prior or whatever at Westchester. I, th- I, don't th- I think it's... it was like a year prior. It wasn't long. Is it just a year? It oh, wasn't God, a that's... decade. That's upsetting. Because um... this is only set Oh yeah, yeah. A couple yeah. of years after, after Days of Future the Past. Good future and Days of Future Past. So basically it says like a year ago it happened to Westchester and he turns the radio off and we both sort of at that moment in the cinema froze up because it was yeah, like, it's like have they just admitted that what happened in this universe is... And then later on he talks about it because he suddenly remembers. Yeah, it's like Charles Xavier's Xavier fault. has a mental attack and kills the X-Men. Oh, well, some, a few of them, if not all of them, yeah. His students, presumably, as yeah. well. Like a house full of children. I think they mentioned it killed like 70 people or something. I would imagine it killed... And the only yeah. reason Logan survived is just sort of his durability. He was the one who survived long enough to sort of knock Charles out or something. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So Xavier is carrying the guilt and doesn't even know he's carrying it. Until, oh God, he's in the bed and he says, this is the happiest night I've had. As soon as he started saying that, I was like, he's, he's going to die. This is his last scene. Because like, also happy, because happiest... by that point in the film, I'd seen all his bits that had been in the trailers. Yeah. So oh, I know, well, he's not lost. He says like, this, this is the, ha- the happiest night I've had in a long time. Yeah. And it's really sweet because it is, they have that fam- the dinner with that family that they help. You then all get massacred. Oh, I know. And then, and I mean, that was a nice touch, the fact that the guy was going to, he was going to kill Logan. Yeah, yeah. Because of course he was, he's just lost his family, he's going to kill him, because as far as he's concerned, in, in his dying brain, you're why this happened. Yeah. Although he, he knows it's not Logan who did it, he's seen the other thing, but yeah. it's like, you. Um, uh, but yeah, he says, the happiest night I've had in a long time. And then he starts to just break down, he says, and I don't deserve it. And he says, I remember what happened. And he basically sort of confesses out loud to himself. And it's heartbreaking to watch because we're watching, again, linking back to all the films, we're watching the father figure of all these kids. This man who loved and cared for every student who came through those doors. Mm-hmm. Remember that he killed them all. It's like, oh my 
God. And then as he turns over, the Logan he's talking to isn't Logan, and X-24 stabs him in the chest. Yeah. But he remains alive long enough to know that when Logan finds him, that Logan, it wasn't him. Yeah. And he just, the last thing he says, he he talks about the sailboat. Sunseeker. Sunseeker. And then he... So obviously in that last moment, he has a a delusion or whatever of them having the boat or being on the boat or whatever. Or he's saying to him, go, go, get it. And he passes away. It's just like, Oh god! And I fucking called that as soon as we saw in that first trailer the scene of mm. of 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 X twenty three and Logan with a shovel. Yeah, like, they have buried their they've, they've just buried Xavier. They've just buried Xavier. I knew exact, and the knowing it was coming mm. didn't make it any less just affecting Horrible. it. It was weird, really brilliantly done, and also the final that final moment of the movie where uh, Laura pulls it the cross they put on Logan's grave out mm. of the ground and lays it on its side to make an X. Yes! It's like, oh, that was just wonderful. And that's the final shot. Yeah. It just takes its time to just come closer to it just a little bit mm-hmm. as the kids are walking off in the distance making the mountain trek to cross the border into Canada yeah. to hopefully safety. We but still we, we don't hear, know. We hear on the video turn, that they've turn, been granted asylum. Because it turns out that yeah. the, the like when we see the cliff face Eden in the books, the comic books, that visual is actually the outpost where they're all meeting. Yeah, yeah. And there's this shack, like this, it's like Firewatch, the R-rated fucked Big, up Yeah, it's like an old, it, it's, got, um, it's got the map table and the, yeah. and the things, it's like an old Firewatch photo or something. It's just, oh man, I loved it. I adored it. I recommend it majorly. Oh, see it. If you're listening to this, you've hopefully already seen it. If not, then you don't mind spoilers. You. Yeah, go see it. Yeah. It's tremendous. Finally this week, Quick fire questions. We're going to get through a bunch. We've got a couple bank ones. Um, let's first let's one, hit the emails. First one is uh, one we got over Twitter from Billy Tracy. Relevant to Logan. Is it possible to enjoy it without having seen or been able to manage to the end of any of the X-Men films? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend at least watching X-Men just before watch you see Logan. Logan. It's great. I, I'd, I'd recommend watching X-Men just because those little nuances are... Yeah, but oh, it's nice. like they reference things that have happened before. You don't have to know what they are. Oh no, no, not that. It's just, just, just more, just more, just more the idea of seeing Charles and Logan's relationship begin, and then watching the end. Yeah, I think you get and getting, getting that, a yeah. sense of how long they've been, um, you know, f- uh, friends. How long they've yeah. been family. Um, but you don't, you don't need to have seen the others to to get it. Yeah, yeah. do you know what? I, I'm, I'm putting it out there. If you're gonna go watch it. Watch X-Men. Watch X-Men 2 for shits and giggles. There you've got your Charles and Logan relationships and origins covered as much as you need to get any extra out of Logan. But you could just see Logan Cole. Just, just go and watch it. It's Logan. a great movie. It's a western about a sci-fi guy on his final adventure. Just go and watch Logan. Yeah. <laughs> go, go watch Logan. Logan. <laughs> uh, another question we got on Twitter in the week. A bit of a sad one. This is from uh, Charlie DeMello. Hello. Charlie said... Um, Chatting with my mate and Joshy Seven the other day as we perused the comic store near the Arts Theatre. Oh, oh, which one's that one? What's it called? Um, uh, Orbital. Orbital, yes, with its yellow thin doorway and its mm. long ass shop. He asked me if there was any untapped potential as far as comics being adapted into other media go. I said loads, but struggled to give him any. Ah. So I've passed this question on to you, boys. If you can, please explain how said adaptation would work be handled. Um... Sort of given a brief any uptime potential as far as comics being adapted to the media go. Um, I mean, Logan as as an example, 
Logan's perfect as it is. Yeah. But at the same time, imagine if we were in a world where the X-Men movies did coexist with all the MCU movies. Imagine if we'd seen a film in that vein. We maybe not with the Red X-Men TV show. So we could, like, develop more on these worlds. Yeah. Um, um, I I think that the serial nature of comics lends itself better to television. Yeah. But it's only recently that television budgets have started mm. catching up with the with the need to, I think Flash, what they need to do. Flash yeah. and Supergirl are the closest thing yeah. to almost, almost, they're still catered to TV, but almost literal translation of medium from comic book yeah. to, te- to television, to I another think, medium. Um, I think the MCU is the closest films have come yeah. to doing yeah. it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, but I, I don't think... I. I think there's always untapped potential in some way. I think what you've got to be really careful of is if you're adapting something like a long a long running superhero comic, don't adapt specific stories no. or try to use follow the existing your, and continuity. Use them as your inspiration. Yeah. Take the core of the character, yeah, key events, and use them to build original stories or fit moments and beats from stories you want to adapt into something else like into a, a, a new thing I think the MCU has done that quite cleverly mm. I think Man of Steel tried to do it with Birthright mm. but missed the point spectacularly yeah um, it <clears throat> tried to do it again in in BVS with That Night Returns but again missed the point Spectacularly. If you want to talk about um, adapting finite contained stories, uh, even if they are over a long form, things like um, Why the Last Man, uh, Brian K. Vaughan's been trying to get Mm. that made as a TV show for years and years. And it's a comic that only runs 60 issues. It's it's 10 trades. Yeah. So you could get, you could, you could do it. You could get through it and have it all make sense and have it all be there in a few seasons of TV. Um, I think HBO with things like Game of Thrones have opened the door for that, for that long form genre storytelling that's slow. It takes its time. It's world building. It allows you to have mystery. You don't have to have all flash and bang. Um, so I think Pete works like Ex Machina, like, um, like why the last man, uh, things maybe along the more grittier crime, uh, drama sort of side of things like uh, 100 Bullets or even the wacky side of things like Chew uh, from Image. <laughs> yeah. Um, that kind of moving outside of the superhero genre and adapting more sci-fi works, more uh, like crime and, and horror works. And again, it's not necessarily about nailing an adaptation, you go the Lord of the Rings route, you take the core of what works about yeah. it and make it fit into another medium. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, I know it's a superhero example, but like Deadpool's probably the closest film wise in terms yeah. of just getting, getting the essence and the core of what the, the book and the, the book's version of the character and why it works. Even then, yeah. there's untapped potential because it, it doesn't utilize some of the things the book does. Um, like, I mean, for example, you don't have the warring in a monologue kind of thing and this, that, the other, but that's fine because to adapt it to film, they yeah. need, like you say, they need to trim it down. So I think there will always be untapped potential, 
But as long as stuff is missed out to favour the medium it's being adapted to, yeah, and to, to to help it translate better, that's fine. I there's think no, there's no problem with if that. We, really. If you want to talk specific properties, I'll go with something like. Um, Again, like I mentioned, why the last man have that as a sort of good The Walking Dead? Because those those who don't know why the last man is a, is a is a series by Brian K. Vaughan about um, the last man on Earth, basically some kind of un it never it never gets properly explained in this in the series. Uh, some some kind of plague or attack wipes out everything with a Y chromosome on the planet, hmm. apart from <laughs> one guy and his pet monkey. Yeah. Because of course, and it's also it's all about him uh, being protected and trying to find a way to repopulate and trying to get to the roots of what happened. Um, it, there's also a Phonogram, which is a great weird series. It's a bit of a weird pull for adaptation, but I think it really worked um, by uh, Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. It's a weird series about magicians who use music. <laughs> To create to in their magic, um, it's it's black. The first volume, at least, is black and white. Very like very cool art. It would lend itself to the tone of something like a Being Human, short, short season, um, character character driven, yeah, uh, sort of BBC feeling, modern kind of series with as an edgy, not edgy, um, <laughs> a more like. Like yeah, very characterful, down to earth kind of um, dialogue and and and, and cast, uh, and with a, but with a weird concept twist, uh, something like that. Those those are my picks for untapped potential in the world of comics. But to be honest, there isn't there are very few comics out there that couldn't be adapted by the right person. Mm. Either as I would lean towards television. Yeah, if if well, I mean, f- again, Flash is a great example because of I think coming uh, the closest. Particularly, I just think the best writers are working in television at the moment. Oh yeah. Um. So, yeah. Um. And also, Charlie fills up one more question. Uh, given the very sad news of Bill Paxton's oh, passing, yes, we didn't even comment on that, did we? No, sorry. Well, it, it, it's been a while, and also yeah. I don't want to start on a sad note. And uh, we're not going to end on a sad note because what he's asking is his favorite role. What's our, what is our favourite role of his that he has portrayed? Um, go, go for it. I mean, it's, it's a toughie because he's been in such great stuff and he's always a lot of fun. But go on, who? Whose uh, character? The car salesman in True Lies. Really? Yeah. That's a really good one, actually. Yeah, I was not like expecting a ten-year-old that. boy. I was not expecting that. That's a really good pick. Uh, he's, yeah, I can't remember what the guy's name is now, but yeah, he's trying to convince <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's wife, played by Jamie Lee Curtis, that um, he's just like a secret agent, so he can. Basically, taking trick her into cheating, um, cheating on her husband with him, <laughs> and he just he's exposed as like a coward and a fraud. Uh, yeah, he's he's great. He's um, great in it. The Q area of the Twister ride in Florida at Universal theme park <laughs> because it looks like he couldn't give a fuck. He doesn't want to record it, and they've uh, made him record. It's a really lame attraction in general. Oh. Like you basically walk through some sets from Twister. And then you witness a special effects kind of thing happen within a set of the effects of what we like to have a twister attack. It's really pointless. It's it's interesting, but it doesn't deserve like a giant queue area and a whole building to itself. It yeah, could be used not. by something else. But there's the video intros from him and his uh, female co-star from that movie. 
and she's sort of like, you're going to see what the sort of effects that we used on the movie to recreate. And he's like, Twisters in real life are an incredibly terrifying thing to witness. <laughs> if you were the... It's just like, he wishes he was anywhere else. Brilliant. And because of that, I just, I adore it. Because it's like, oh God, Bill, even you know this attraction's pointless. Oh. This is amazing. So because of that, it's weirdly become my favourite one of his roles. Because it's the most truthful performance he's Him- ever given. Himself. Doing something he doesn't want to do. Uh, we got time for one more uh, question, a bunch of questions. Who we got in the emails, you handsome swine? Uh, okay, we'll we'll finish on this one, and we will come back to your emails uh, in a in a few weeks. I think we're probably going to do. I think back. we're probably going to do questions all the episodes yeah, too, because you guys so always ask really nice, elaborate questions that require lots of response and detail. And we've got a few banks that we can't get through because uh, of things. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll don't worry if we've not answered it. And, we're not, and if it's not the next one, we'll get to you. Don't panic. And if you ever want an immediate um, response during the week as well, you could just tweet us a question. Yeah. If you ever want us to just answer something on the spot. Um, but in terms of email questions, we will get around to them. For yep. time travel reasons, it might be in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah. Um, so, Sean Lindsay. Sean Lindsay. Asks, hello, big damn guys. Hello, Joe. Considering Michael Bay is probably one of the worst people to hand a franchise to... If you had to, what franchise would you give him? I would give him the Triple X franchise, since that can't get any worse. Is it, I, I suppose it is a franchise, Three isn't movies. It? Three movies. Three movies. Um, or two movies and a spin-off. I think they're trying to argue that um, the second one was a spin-off. State of the Union. <laughs> That's what it was called. Triple X State Triple X, of the Triple Union. Triple X 2 State of the Union, yeah. Oh, Christ. Um, I... Mm. Mm. I have not seen any of the Triple X movies, so if I can't we, comment on that. If we give him a franchise, it's a franchise he's got to kill off, but make money with. Uh, I guess. No, just what, what franchise would you give him? Um, I suppose if it, if it were to make the best of his abilities and actually deliver something that I think he could do an all right job with, because it doesn't take much more anyway, I'd want to. I'd, I'd want to give him some kind of like um, destructive franchise. Fast and the Furious. Well, no, because a lot of people like that because it's about family. Um, it's, about, it's about family. Family. You um, betrayed your family. Um, so, uh, yeah, that was, my, uh, that was my uh, Michelle Rodriguez impression. Um, <laughs> the Smurfs. <laughs> Smurfs. Um, I don't, I'm trying to think of something that is just mindless violence. Um, An explosion and everything. The transporter. <laughs> Let's, I mean, he's going down the he's going down the track of Saturday morning cartoons with Transformers and producing the Turtles movie. So, let's, what Saturday morning cartoon that is just destruction? Could we give him? There's just absolute um, destruction and nothing more. Cadillacs and dinosaurs, Rainbow Bright, Dino Riders, <laughs> Zoids, Rainbow Bright and the Dino Riders, Gobots. Oh God! Challenge of the Gobots. <laughs> <laughs> Can we have um, a Hugo Weaving voiced Psykill, please? <laughs> Street Sharks. Oh! And then Vin Diesel could reprise his role from that awkward promo video he did when he was starting out. Biker Mice from Mars, perhaps? Don't let him anywhere near those. He's tainted enough good things. I, I say good things. Um, on a serious note. Ah! <laughs> As if. Um, I don't know what franchise. What could you, what, what would be the what would be the weird sharks? Because the weapons and explosions and cybernetics and giant shark-headed people. 
What would be the most incongruous fit? Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> That's a franchise, though. Could be. You could make it into a franchise. Pride and Prejudice franchise. He'd make it into a franchise. Oh, God. Um, Pride and Prejudice has already been absorbed by a different franchise. Do you think Michael In terms Bay... of the genre of um, mashup books. Do you think Michael Bay could get his, his hands around a, a superhero franchise of any kind? Don't let him touch them. Spawn? I mean, Spawn is... Bloodshot. Spawn is, from my experience, from what I've read and seen, mostly shit anyway. <laughs> So I'm going to start reading Spawn. So maybe, yeah, because at least visually, you know, we'll be having a good time. Um, And you can't make hell metal coloured, so... Power Rangers. Fuck off. That's being ruined elsewhere. Hey! Possibly. We don't know. I'm still weirdly excited for it. I'm not optimistic for it I'm not expecting a great movie. I'm just expecting to see some things that make me go, yeah, that was fun. And then leave the theatre with a slight smile on my face. Oh, in the chipmunks. <laughs> and with that mental image, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with us, bigdamncontact at gmail.com is the place to email. Keep in mind, it's going to be a couple of weeks before we respond to the emails, but do enjoy some upcoming episodes. We do have stuff coming out, even though we're not going to be around. Ooh, mince. Well, Chris isn't going to be around. He's, he's going to the stars. <laughs> I wish. Uh, yeah. The stars won't give me deli belly. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> but we've got episodes coming out, so your emails will get to them in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, stick around, though, because you can always tweet at us, at BigDamnCast. Yes. And for those of you uh, who want to delve a bit more into the world of X-Men, come back next week. We're going to be talking a bit more about that. Uh, recommended reading and movie discussion. And also a certain show that may or may not be cancelled. We don't have the official word on it as of now. Uh, we're finally tackling it in full in a fortnight's time. So for those of you who've been demanding that, you know what it is. You know who you are. Brace yourself for an all-episode about that, plus a special bonus treat. Maybe we should give that to Michael Bay. Oh, really? Do you think so? Miss Kill. Miss Kill. All she does is smash classrooms to pieces. Captain Kill. This is your brain on the box. This is my brain on the box. Does anybody else feel like a fried egg? We'll see.